Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about the benefits of focus. Focus. <laughs> we all need more right now, don't we? Absolutely. So many, probably like peak distractions for a lot of people, you know, at home, kids, pets, you know, thinking like, geez, that open office plan wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what, what we're talking, and what we're talking about here is not like a positioning or marketing style focus, which is also, I think, pretty great, but uh, rather, well, you, how would you put it? Well, I, I guess to me, focus is about, I don't even want to say staying in your lane because we've talked a lot about that with the guardrail, but it's like when opportunities come in front of you is keeping your focus on what really matters, what's really going to move the needle for you and your business. It's, um, I don't know, I call it the shiny ball syndrome, you know, where you <laughs> yeah. see this and it, oh, I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that because they're new and exciting versus staying on track for where you want to go with your business. Yes. And developers are really familiar with this, the shiny object syndrome, when <laughs> new technology comes out and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been doing PHP forever, but ooh, Rails is so cool. Or I've been doing Rails for so long and ooh, React is so cool. And, you know, they always want to mm -hmm. jump and learn the new tool, which is, which is, it can be fine. It can be taken too far, I think. But it's the same kind of thing, but in a business context. And I think this is where strategy is key. This is why having a strategy is so mm. critical because when, you know, if, if things are going fairly well for you, then opportunity opportunities are going to come your way or things that look like opportunities are going to come your way. And if you don't have some kind of objective for, you know, maybe a one, two, three year objective for your business, something like moderately long-term, if you don't have a clear objective and you haven't selected a strategy to achieve that objective, then you have no test for whether or not something is an opportunity or a distraction. So some some idea might come along and you just be like, "Ooh, good idea." And if without a strategy, you have nothing to help you decide whether or not it's something you should spend your time, money, attention, emotional resources on. So Well, and then even if you have a strategy, you have to stick with it. Well, yeah. That's the other thing that happens <laughs> is you have a strategy and you go, but that looks really interesting. Maybe I should do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then which comes into a self-control area. So, and, and I, I certainly coach people who are super creative and they, they have a tendency to, um, you know, get distracted and mm -hmm. see, and I'll get. And this is great. This is actually one of one of the easiest ways to earn your money as a coach is say, hey, if you know if anything comes up like that, just run it by me, and we'll see if it. And I'll be your conscience and see if it fits with the strategies in some way. So you know, mm -hmm. and it and it's you know, in whoever you are listening right now, it's not just you. I know you think it's just you, but it isn't just you. <laughs> Definitely and, not. Yeah, and they'll say, oh, what about this? And I'll be like, um, well, our overall goal for even for the four month period is like this. And what we agreed on is the way to do that is like this. We're going to use this approach. Does this thing that you're considering fit into that approach? And they're like, no. I'm like, all right, so let's not do it. <laughs> <laughs> At least in the next four months, you know, after this is over, maybe put it on the back burner. And so the thing, the thing of it is, uh, you can tell yourself all kinds of stories about, well, yeah, but, you know, this would be fun or this is, you know, this is how I get this one all the time. But if I don't stay up to date on the uh, latest and greatest technology, then how am I going to be a good consult technology consultant for my clients? And I'm like, yeah, but you don't need to build a SaaS just to keep up to date with, you know, or like some huge project. Like you can get up to date with the latest technology uh, in ways that don't involve, you know, 100 hours of building something that that really honestly to me i think is you know in my case at least it, you know folks get homework every two weeks we have an accountability call and they're like these things to do and they're things that they probably don't they almost surely don't normally do mm -hmm. and so in some cases are things they really don't think they're going to like or they're worried about how it's going to turn out so it'll be like marketing things or outreach stuff or changing the headlines on their website or emailing people more frequently or something that feels like, a, you know, I'm, I mean, it's kind of my job to push them out of their comfort zone. 
And one of the procrastinations, this is how I see it, one of the procrastinations is to get distracted by stuff that pulls them into back into their comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Right? So they're like, yeah, oh, we well, all do that. sure. And it, but it's one of those, it's, um, it's, uh, it breaks focus and it kind of masquerades or it can masquerade as an opportunity. But if it doesn't fit with your strategy, it's a distraction. Well, and I feel like a lot of times is that we get waylaid by somebody else's agenda. You know, I, I had a, something from a client the other day that was a, a, clearly a sales pitch from someone to turn one of his books into a course. <laughs> He's like, oh, this would be great. And so he sent it to me to look at. Well, the problem is it was the first book. He has a completely different audience now. And the newest idea he's working on has nothing to do with this idea. <laughs> and to, it's not like you just hand the book and they turn it into the course, right? You still right. have to work on it. And he doesn't have an audience to buy the course. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. no, no. So, you know, just boom, boom, boom. And then, he, and, you know, and he got it immediately. But there was that momentary excitement. And I feel like that's what happens. Somebody hits our inbox at just the right moment. And we're like, ooh. We just get like that little ping. Maybe this could work. So even when you have a strategy, sometimes you just need to remind yourself what it is and to look and see, you know, how does this match up with this, this strategy that I've committed to? Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I mean, people who you're, you probably don't have a strategy. Like a lot of people don't have a conscious strategy. They, mm -hmm. some people I work with, they're, they're, they're going on instinct and the instinct kind of is good enough to keep them on track. So they're, um, they might just be really focused on certain things and they just, I only like doing this. So they don't get distracted by other things as easily. Some people just don't, don't have the shiny object syndrome as much as other people. Uh, but if you know you have that shiny object syndrome, it's really important to, to decide what you're trying to do, decide how you're going to do it. And then all these tactical things that come up and seem like a great thing to do uh, immediately, it becomes, it becomes evident as long as you have the strategy in mind, it becomes self-evident, which ones you should not do. You know, the, it, it comes out, yeah. it's this, and there's a, there's a kind of a truism, I guess, of people like if you're building an audience, I've heard Tim Ferriss say it. I've seen it myself. Uh, other people say it where people are super attracted to tactics. They're super attracted mm -hmm. to tips and tricks and they'll, they'll get, they'll waste hours, weeks fiddling around with some control in their Google analytics or, you know, when all that time could be better spent moving toward your goal based on some kind of strategy. So if you, I mean, I'm just going to, it's to me, it's the only solution. If, if you're not super disciplined and you don't have a lot of self-control and you know it, and, and most people I work with who are that way, they know they're that way. Like they know they do that. Mm -hmm. And this, to me, there's only one solution, which is decide where you're driving and decide how you're going to get there. Because otherwise you're just going one inch in every direction all year and then the next year and then the next year. And it's no wonder you find yourself in the same place three years later. You never decided where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, that sort of ties back to, you know, our niching topic, which we're not going to talk about today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have shiny ball syndrome myself. I mean, I'm a creative. I look at new things and I love new things, but it's, I have a strategy. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to look at something like that, it can't be during the time that I've devoted to my work life. Mm -hmm. You know, it just can't. And so now that does leave you room for serendipity, but the serendipity is still tied to the strategy, right? Yes. And because the, the more you focus on one strategy, the more serendipity occurs. It's funny <laughs> that way. So yeah. if all of a sudden somebody invites you to be a guest on their podcast and it's this crazy, well-known podcast and you're like, oh, duh, I mean, it's not, it's not a yes, it's a hell yes. Right. You know, those things start to appear when we stick with our strategy. Yeah. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Exactly. <laughs> So what could people do to help themselves define maybe an objective and a strategy to combat the, this focus problem or lack of focus? You can't tell by looking at me, but I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think there's a few different things you can do. I mean, obviously, you want to be clear on the objective. And every business has at least one overriding objective. And, and when we talk about authority, 
you know, part of your objective is what's that big idea? What's the transformation you're making in your clients? So that's kind of like, I wouldn't necessarily call it an objective, but it's the theme that runs through everything that you do. Mm-hmm. So set something that is, uh, you know, a sentence, right? Right. In that objective, you know, whether it's, uh, I want to build my audience on this. I want to become expert on X. It's, you know, having that in a sentence to me is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for me, it's probably, you know, you could look at my mission to rid the world of hourly billing that that having that gives me it makes a lot of decisions for me or it makes a lot of things obvious to me, like what is a what is a good idea and an opportunity and what is a distraction and my, my and well, so the objective is uh, long term, big picture, really long term is to rid the world of hourly billing. And my strategy is to share as much as humanly possible on that topic. So I just am constantly trying to create content as much as I possibly can and get it out to the people who need to hear it. So like, I don't care if it goes out to the whole world because the whole world is an hourly billing. But for the people who are billing by the hour, that's that's my strategy. Just like flood that audience with as much content as possible to first turn the light bulb on for them so they're like oh wow this is nuts and then give them tools to kind of work their way out of that hourly trap and notice that there's no you know i didn't say to be rich or have a million dollars or anything like that there's like a a leap of faith that i can fund a mission by selling little products and books and courses and stuff along the way well, the other thing you didn't say, which is good, is I didn't hear any tactics in there. You just said, I'm going to flood. And you didn't mm-hmm. say, I'm going to do this on Twitter. I'm going to do that on Facebook. I'm going to do this on my email list. It's strategy is a bigger picture. Strategy yeah. is it's a plan. Right. So tactic and tactics would come out of that. So, you know, if right. somebody came along and said, hey, I'd like to speak. I'd like this happened to me the other day. I'd like you to speak to my freelancer community. Like, hell yeah, that's exactly the people who need to hear this. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, whatever, it's a podcast type of thing, or it was really more like a, a Zoom meeting. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It's easy. I just like turn on my, my mic and let's do it. So there's no, so it's not a distraction. It doesn't feel like, um, uh, it's definitely an opportunity to further the mission underneath the strategy that I've set for myself. I'm trying to think of something that wouldn't, like, what would be a distraction that would come my way? Oh, here would be a distraction. Um, I'm tired of using Drip as my email service provider. I'm going to run my own email server. And now six months later, I'm still fiddling around with settings on some cloud machine so that I can Uh, save 180 bucks a month from Drip mm -hmm. or whatever. That would be a huge distraction. And there's just absolutely no way that fits into my strategy. It just doesn't. It would, but, but here's the thing. It's tempting, A, because I love doing stuff like that. I'm really into like fiddling around with you know, servers and it, it would save me money. So I could say, Oh, it would save me, you know, thousands of dollars a year because I wouldn't have to pay drip anymore. But it turns into this rabbit hole of, well, and now it went down or, or just the hours that I would spend goofing around with it in the first place. And then like debugging it or having whatever problems with it, like, Oh, the SSL certificate expired. You know, all these like things that happen. And every second that I spend fiddling around with that machine is a second that I'm not flooding the audience with content so you know as tempting as it would be to kind of um, take complete control over maybe the email experience my experience in the audience's experience of email and have it on my own server and be able to do fancy things with it, it it's a distraction it would be it, right. even though i could make a case without the strategy though it would be easy to make a case for that Oh, look well, at all the money I'd save. Well, you could too, if it's in your genius zone, you could say, oh, but I'm really good at this and I do this better than anybody else and I lose track of time when I'm doing it because I love it. You know, so there's that, but then it doesn't translate to the bottom line. It's mm-hmm. like people that I've met who are like, okay, I, I just have to finish my my WordPress site. I'm like, oh, okay, so yeah. how's, is, how's the developer doing? No, no, I'm doing it myself. I'm like, are you kidding me? If you're telling me that you're, you're, you know, billing these big numbers to clients and you're, you know, sitting there like moving code around on WordPress, uh, you know, that that doesn't compute. Right. Yeah. 
it's like it's one thing if it's like going to be your hobby and instead of watching netflix you're going to dork around with wordpress and you, you just want right. to do it for, you know that i wouldn't compl- this yeah <laughs> right that's not yeah it's like if you wanted to i don't know whittle or do woodworking or make furniture in your free time fine go for it but if it's if it's an activity that you're putting on your plate that's blocking your mission or your objective or is incongruent with your strategy you know i'm going to yell at you like that's not <laughs> like you're not you're not immortal like you've got a limited amount of time here stop dorking around with wordpress if that isn't part of your thing you know if that is not directly in line with what you're trying to achieve yeah it's that focus it's that there's i don't know maybe this is just me but there is when i am really focused on something like i can shut out all kinds of extraneous stuff going on around me Mm -hmm. and it's like finding things to focus on that also drive the business when you find those things it feels magical i mean it's like writing content right or or doing recording a podcast or um you know whatever those things are um again working on a project for a client it's writing web copy i'm actually like savoring i haven't started it yet right but i'm savoring it because i know it's one of those things where i just need a bunch of time alone to work through all this and it's a it's a cool challenge right so it's you know it's that focus using that focus to build your own business and to i don't want to say manage your time but to you know leverage your time Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the current situation, some people think they have a lot more time. Some people, especially parents of young kids trying to homeschool them, think they have a lot less time. <laughs> um, but the, the actions I think they do have less time. Um, they, it's, it's an opportunity to really fire on all cylinders and maximize the time that you spend when you're working on your business. Yes, right. Yeah, I actually did a webinar on that when the... COVID first happened about like, cause we are homeschoolers. So it was like, how do you work from home with kids there? It's crazy. And it's like, yeah, you gotta, you, it's different from regular work. Your day gets sliced up into smaller chunks than you're going to be used to or want. So having focus in a situation like that is super critical. So, if, you know, if folks listening to this are in that situation, you know, it's more important than ever to be really, really uh, clear about what you need to do what the best part of the day is for you to do it and knowing what the high value things are, have like a list of high priority things that is always like in hand's reach. So when you do, when they do go down for a nap or, you know, they are reading a book or something, you jump on that high priority thing that requires, it's a different kind of focus than what we're talking about, but it's a, like if you have tasks that need deep focus, like, you know, maybe writing web copy or writing an email sequence or, or dealing with a, a sticky situation with a client that really needs some thought, you know, jump, jump on it when you're not being distracted. Um, but the, one of the things I wanted to, I don't, I don't think we've talked about this, the, the, a lot of people I'll get these sort of questions like, yeah, but you know, okay, we've got an objective, we've got a strategy, and then like, here's some tactics that align with the strategy. And it's funny because the, because people seem so focused on tactics when they're not used to thinking strategically, when they're, when they're so used to focusing on tactics, they want, they want like lots of details about whether or not it's going to work or how are we going to know it's working or mm-hmm. how long should we do this until we know it's not working. And, mm-hmm. and I'm almost like, just try it. Like tactics, the tactics, change like i could give you a general rule of thumb but the 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 truth is going to reveal itself like you know so like just try it we'll see what happens and then we'll change tactics is totally fine to change tactics a lot the thing you don't want to change a lot is the strategy the strategy Mm -hmm. should be i mean sure a strategy could fail you could pick a bad one and you just try everything but you wouldn't give up on that like uh, it depends on the thing, but like a business strategy, you're not, you're probably going to give that six months to a year before you decide like, this is not working. Like I've tried every possible tactic underneath this is just not working. I need to change the objective or the strategy. You wouldn't be changing a strategy on like a weekly basis. That'd be insane. No, but you do want it, but you are going to throw away tactics that don't seem to be working all the time. It's totally fine. And I think that's the hard thing for people because I get those same kinds of, you know, sort of worry around a tactical, is this going to work? Well, we think it will, right. but it might not. Right. It might have to change. 
And well, how long should I stick with it till I know? Yeah. Well, let's try it first. Right. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I, you know, I'm making light of something. I know what it feels like when you're like, all right, is this what I should invest my time in? But when you get to the point where you have a clear strategy, it's okay to experiment with tactics right. because until you try it, you won't know. Right. And it's okay. You're not a failure if they don't work. Um, I, you know, I wish we had a rule of thumb. Maybe you do, Jonathan. You know, for like what percentage of tactics are not going to work? Um, there's there's some things that just won't, even though they seemed like they make sense. They right. just didn't gel. Other times, you just have to tweak a tactic a little bit, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, boom, it's working for you. So it's getting that getting that comfort level that it no, it's not all going to work. You're not going to die from it. <laughs> It's not going to be terrible. Um, you're going to learn, at least, if, you know, for me, I always learn something when a tactic doesn't work. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it gets, a, I call them hypotheses. Usually I'll say like, well, the hypothesis, like here, here's, here's the objective. Here's the strategy. Okay, we agree on that. And those, those you just pick. You can't know if, first of all, the objective is totally personal. So, of course, there's, there's no one to, to, um, I mean, you can bounce that off of someone you trust, but there's, you're not going to go to a blog post and, you know, from a stranger and just be like, oh, this is a good objective. You know, it's, it's very personal, your objective. Yes. And then the strategy, you, you, there's no way to prove that it's a good one or not. You can talk to someone smart who maybe has been there before, but still, there's a, always a leap of faith with a strategy. It's not guaranteed ever. Yes. There's always going to be some risk. There's going to be some leap of faith. You're going to have to go on gut instinct to a certain extent. You can get input from other people, but at a certain point, you need to commit to a strategy that might not work. And okay. And then once you do that, you know, the tactics are things like updating your LinkedIn headline and, and, and update, you know, whatever. It's just like mm-hmm. start a mailing list. There, there's, there, um, there's, there are things that will probably work based on the strategy. They might, they might not, but it's okay. It's it's okay to not worry about it and just try it because it. That's the point where the plan, you know, meets has first contact with the enemy. It it should work, but it doesn't always work. So you just mm-hmm. change tactics along the way. So like I always use the example of like um, in the first Star Wars movie when Luke, you know, the 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 rebels come up with a strategy to destroy the Death Star. They take an absurdly small force of X-Wings to sneak through the defenses to, you know, have like a Hail Mary missile shot down the exhaust pipe, right? Like that's the overall strategy. Objective, destroy the Death Star. Strategy, send an absurdly small force to uh, exploit a critical vulnerability. They could have done a full frontal assault. They could have tried to blast it from the planet. They could have done a lot of different things, but they didn't. The strategy was very specific. They took all of the risks into uh, into um, their calculation. And then when Luke goes up there and he's in the trench and he's getting up to the end, he turns off his targeting computer because he's going to use the force. That is a tactical change. He didn't change the strategy. He changed the tactics of how he's going to execute the strategy. And that kind of thing, If I hate to use military metaphors, but... You know, you can imagine how crazy some kind of a, you know, on the ground conflict would be. The overall strategy is take the hill. The tactics are going to change on a soldier by soldier basis as they go across the beach. There's not, there's no way to give them all the instructions that they're going to need. They just need to understand the overall goal and the overall plan, how they're going to do it. Oh, we're going to guerrilla. It's going to be a guerrilla assault. So, okay, so stay down. (laughs) And, but, but there's a million decisions that you need to make. You need to change your mind about things. You need to have a brain in your head and, and it's okay to change your mind about, oh, well, going around this tree wasn't a good idea. Let me go the other way. So the, I think a lot of the work to pull it back to your point, I think a lot of the reason why people will worry about whether or not a tactic is going to work or not is because they're used to operating without a strategy and they waste loads of time on tactics that maybe could have worked, but they might be doing two different things that are actually pulling them in opposite directions. Yes. And it feels like they've been wasting a lot of time on failed tactics what they might even call strategies like oh have you got any strategies for facebook ads and i'm like that's a tactic not a strategy yeah you know i think sometimes um when i have a new client and we work through um we work through strategy first and Mm -hmm. then we do you know what you would call tactics i call it an action plan 
right? Yeah, and right. it's it's so interesting because sometimes when I'm still, you know, I'm working on the first draft of the strategy before we talk about it and they're like, okay, so should I do this? Should I do this? Right. Should I do this? I'm like, I don't know yet. Right. <laughs> Let's have a strategy. But what do you think? I said, I don't I don't have a thought yet until we get, until we're clear about what's the big idea? What's the transformation you're making in your clients? What are the messages? Who's the client? Who are we going after? Uh, why does it matter? You know, until, mm -hmm. it, you know, for me, until I know all those things, I, I can't, I don't feel like I can answer a tactical question. Yeah. I, I mean, I could answer it, but you know, I'm probably going to be wrong. The probability is higher that I'm going to get the right ta set of tactics if we have a strategy first. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of us are used to, you know, not having a strategy and just being reactive. That's how I think of tactical. I feel like it's being reactive. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, give me the, give me the tip. Give me the hack. How do I do that in three <laughs> right. steps? Right. Well, yeah, you know, a hack can work if you're in, you know, this, 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 and this, and you have this specific hack. But yeah, being focused that way, you, you can get lucky, um, but you're not going to get consistently lucky until right. you have a strategy yeah like starting with tactics is like someone asking you should i wear high heels or flip-flops it's like i don't know what are you where are you trying to go <laughs> like, <laughs> are you going to the beach or going to a cocktail party and now now i know which that you know obviously flip-flops if you're going to a cocktail party obviously yes in la <laughs> yeah i haven't got the legs for pumps so yeah so there's a, there's a strong temptation to resist um you know, these, the action plan, it's a, a strong temptation to resist certain things or want more proof that a given thing is going to work and they're not going to waste their time on it. Um, but you can't really answer those questions. Like all of them are probably viable, like Facebook ads work for some situations or mm -hmm. a daily mailing list works for some situations or a YouTube channel will work in some situations or maybe you should learn Rails. Maybe you should fiddle around with WordPress. It depends. It all depends on what you're trying to accomplish and how you're planning to accomplish it. And that's highly personal. So mm -hmm. looking at how somebody else does it is a data point. Yes. It's nothing more than a data point. Right. If it turns out, you know, like if it turns out that that hack that whatever, you know, some Facebook wizard did uh, aligns with your strategy, then great. It's perfect. But just looking at different tactics like, hey, I heard this guy, you know, I get this all the time with with uh, people who sell courses. Like, oh, I heard this guy did like five hundred thousand dollars in his launch week, or or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, copy the tactics. It's like, wait, that's a different person with a different audience, with different goals, with different uh, risk tolerance. Like, there's a like maybe yeah. If you if you have similar objectives and it just so happens that your strategy is the same, then maybe copying that person is going to work. That's it's possible, but it's leaves it leaves too much to chance for my taste. You know, it feels it feels like potentially wasteful. And I think a lot. I mean, I certainly have past experience, distant past, thankfully, of kind of flailing around and saying like, "Oh, I need SEO or something." <laughs> you know, something like that. That's a classic one. I need more right. SEO. I need backlinks. Can you get me backlinks? It's like, I why what you know what are we doing here? You know, like. It's again, yeah. it's again, it's like, what shoes should I wear? I'm like, I don't know. Where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's, um, here's how I, I think about what everybody else is doing. I think it's fascinating to watch and I've learned so much from so many people online and, and from clients too, and things that they've done that worked and things that they did that just failed miserably. And what's interesting to me about those as data points is that if I look at those, I kind of turn them around like a crystal in my mm -hmm. hand going, okay, so they did that, but how does their audience compare to mine? How does their message compare to mine? How does their industry compare to mine? How does what they like to do compare to what I like to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that one tends to, you know, to, to make a lot of things not practical, right. but it's, but you still, it's interesting to do that when you see something that works. And I mean, I would encourage people to investigate and evaluate, look at what is out there, but it's got to work for you. And just because, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss does it this way, doesn't mean that that's the right solution for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I like your, your point, like it's data, it could be valuable. It's a data point. It's like, huh, okay. If 
the way I see it, I think, is if if it turns out that it's not a distraction and it is an opportunity, then fabulous. Like you've got mm-hmm. you've got uh, a plan to follow to execute whatever this particular tactic is. Like I heard one recently that was a, a great um, sort of guerrilla marketing tactic for growing your podcast audience. And I was like, oh, that is super clever. I'm never going to do that because it's not my it doesn't fit me like it doesn't Mm -hmm. fit me but it's i don't think it was it wasn't anything unethical or anything like that it was super clever and and i'm highly confident that it would work for the right person and i'll recommend it to people who are starting podcasts uh if if it suits their their kind of audience that they're building you know all the if it fits if it fits into their overall objectives and strategy and it's great to have that. It's like, wow, what a clever idea. I don't think I ever would have thought of that because it's outside of the zone of anything I would probably do myself. So why would I even, yeah. my mind wouldn't go there. But, you know, if, I don't know if you're teaching a podcasting course, for example. It's like, ooh, <laughs> that's a really, really clever tip. So it's great that there are all of these all of these ideas and things that have worked for people and that they're, you know, so willing to share it. And there's just, the problem is it's like a, it's like a, a it's like so much information you almost need to find and you need something to filter through and that's where your strategy comes in that's how you can focus down on the things that are a good use of your time and money or not a good use of your time and money yeah and if, if you're not sure and you don't have a coach run it by somebody whose business advice you respect right mm-hmm. um because sometimes you just it's just too easy to get taken in by an idea that just you know it's the shiny ball and and it's it and you just need a little objectivity mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you see him tear through the community <laughs> like there was there was a uh a startup called intercom that came out a couple of years ago i guess and and like 10 seconds later everybody had these like chat widgets on their websites <laughs> And I was like, oh, let's see how this goes. You know, it's like this new capability comes out and then people jump on it and then they're like, oh, wow, okay. Um, what is it, like a text? Yeah, it's like one of those little bubbles that down in the bottom where yeah, you, you yeah. land on the website. And if it was, like if you had one on your website, it would be like, you know, your little face would pop up in the corner like a bug. And it's like, you say, <laughs> hey, it's Rochelle. Can I help you with something? You know, like a customer <laughs> service thing. And, and I'm like, you know, as as someone who's kind of in the ex, you know, selling their expertise business, I, I feel like that's sends the wrong message. It's like way too available. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, no, no, you can send me an email if you want, but I'm not, my little face isn't going to pop up like clippy and say, Oh, it looks like you're trying to give me some money. Can I help you give me some money? <laughs> I've, I've taken those off more sites than I can tell you. And it's yeah. funny. I've seen them most often in B2B high end, corporate sales yeah i'm like really but i just want them to know i'm here and available i'm like no that's not the way to send that message yeah Yeah, it's just just one example of something that was super shiny object and it seemed like it seemed like every other website you'd go to you know these kinds of you know sites for like soloists and consultants and stuff you saw it popping up everywhere like weeds and and i was like this is not going to last and it it and it calmed down but it's just an example of the kind of thing that comes along and somebody's like, ooh, shiny object, mm-hmm. you know, squirrel, you know, and then they like <laughs> sp- spend time, <laughs> spend time integrating it and then connecting it to their phone. And then like it, it, now they're on now they're on call. Like, <laughs> no, you know, yeah. anyway, whatever. I mean, I but but, but actually no, but actually that's a really good point because it, it's I think we do that with technology. Like I, I use Calendly for my calendar stuff, but there are certain situations where I don't send somebody a Calendly invite. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's rare, but it's a very high-end um, interaction where I know for them it feels off-putting yep. to go to a calendar. And so I'll have a different level of intimacy. Because yep. it's not, I mean, it's about saving both of us time in the long run. But for a client who doesn't, doesn't like it i'm not going to use it i mean it's still there um but so yeah so it's it's that it's when you look at technology is not just how cool is it or how cool does it make me look to have it but how does it work with how you actually operate your business and and with your brand right yeah just because it's easier for you 
you don't want to make it worse for your client at the same time. You have to consider both sides of it. And I definitely have, you know, past clients who I would never in a million years have sent a Calendly to. Yeah. They're just like, no, they have an assistant. I'll talk to your assistant and we'll book it. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of a situation. But, you know, the flip side is it, in certain situations, it's incredibly useful. And even intercom for certain things, it's it's great. I mean, I can yeah. point to a couple of yeah. things that I've literally bought because that that chat widget was there. But these are companies that have like an entire sales team, like a sales force, not like not like a, a solo consulting authority style thought leader business where like, oh, look, Dan Pink, I can just chat with Dan. <laughs> hey, Dan, how's it going? Yeah, or, it just it worse, doesn't compute. Right. Or worse, the reality is probably you click on it to, because you're, you're led to believe that Dan's there and then you click and it's like, I'm not here right now. It, you know, enter this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Give me your yeah. give me your information. And just it's like, ugh. you know, it's funny. I just remembered that I had the interaction with a, a tech guy and um, it was exactly what you said. Oh, I'm not here. But I, I, I it annoyed me because I had to, it's not that it annoyed me that he didn't get back to me, but it annoyed me that all of our conversation was in this text chat that I couldn't. <laughs> get to at least if i'd sent it on my phone or an email i i'd I'd have something to look at but i couldn't see the interaction it was like it was super annoying yeah but anyway yeah Yeah. we don't need to go on (laughs) it it, the the bottom line is it could be good in certain situations but or it could be bad in certain situations and just because it's cool is not necessarily you know it doesn't isn't enough it needs to be vetted against a strategy for you to even decide if it's cool or not, or if it's an opportunity or not, or if it's a smart investment of your time and money. So I'm laughing because our topic is the benefits of focus and we've gone <laughs> all over the place yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to come back to this idea of what focus does for you. And, and I think if you, whether you call yourself a creative or you just have an aspect of, of you that's creative, it's, it can feel like the opposite of creative to have this focus. But in fact, what it does is it gives you the ability to feed into what you do. It gives you a way to multiply your creativity because you're focusing it on a particular strategy, a particular objective. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not squandering. It's like not squandering your creativity. You're applying it in the place where it's going to be the most effective. So like doing less stuff, how's that less creative? Like was Van Gogh not that creative because he just painted all the time? You know, it's like, <laughs> no, you focus on your, on the thing that's awesome that you do that's awesome. And you know, if you've got, I mean, staffing your liabilities and like hiring people to do stuff that you stink at or don't want to do, that's a separate conversation. But you know, the tactics that you decide to employ if you have focus, you can do less of them, which means you can do more of the fun stuff. Yes. So all of the all of the things around marketing and sales and the stuff that you probably don't really enjoy that much anyway, and you'd probably rather do your client work or whatever your your art is. Uh, this just leaves you fewer tactics because there are a whole bunch of things you don't ever have to try because they don't align with with your strategy or brand or or other things. And so now you have less of that stuff that you didn't want to do anyway to do. And you can, you know, apply your creativity to the thing that you're actually good at and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I could imagine someone thinking like, oh, but I want to, you know, that that kind of stimulation is um, that. Uh, well, I get I sort of get the same argument when I'm talking with someone about niching down on a particular target market instead of just working with a million different kinds of clients. They'll say, oh, I'll get bored. And and I'm like, well, the the. First of all, I believe that they would not get bored because it's a question of going deep instead of going broad. And that that kind of skimming across the surface and taking a little sample of everything to me is like a sugar high. And it's an addictive. It's addictive like a sugar high is. Yeah. So it's like, ooh, but I want to try Intercom and I want to try, you know, blah, 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 blah. I want to try Google Analytics or I want to try the new one. I want to try Fathom. I want to try this. I want to try that. And it's like, I, I mean, to me that is a sugar high and that's you're not really being creative that's just um i mean if those things aren't in alignment and they're pulling you in different directions and taking you away from what you really should be doing the hard work the stuff that's outside of your comfort zone the hard work of being creative then that's not good you know it's just a procrastination so you know i don't i'm glad you brought that up because i 
I can imagine people thinking like, oh, but that seems so um, like a straitjacket. Like I can't yeah. play with all these things. Like you're going to be changing tactics all the time. You're just going to have to do fewer of them at once. And that'll leave you more time to focus on the stuff that is where you really should be putting your creativity instead of like researching WordPress plugins. Well, and I also think you figure out how you work best. I'm thinking of a client who um, doesn't want any guidance on the content um, of their stuff. And or I should say didn't want any guidance and wanted to just kind of feel creative in the, in the creating of it. But, but what came out of that was not everything was really aligned with the message. And so over time, he said, oh, you know what? I think I do want some guidance. Um, but I don't want you to tell me exactly what to write. I just want you to give me like a theme and then I can play within it. And so it's like, it's also asking for what you need with that kind of stuff. Cause you know, some of us, like if somebody said, this is what you're going to write about this week, I go, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, but if somebody said, okay, so, so here are four themes that you're writing about. And so as long as you write about one of these four themes and you're in this lane, this is awesome. We can use everything that you produce. <laughs> yeah. That feels great. Right. Yeah, that's my content solar system concept is very similar <laughs> to that. It's like you, you got the sun in the middle and without that, you know, it, which allows you to write about all these different topics, which are the planets that revolve around the sun. But yep. you take the sun out of there and the planets all fly apart. Like they don't hang together. They don't make sense. There's no organizing principle. But you can, you, as long as you have that gravitational pull in the center, you can write about very different things, but it'll all hold together because you've got that focus. Ta-da, mm -hmm. see what I did there? So <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of focus, but, uh, yes. but it's, just, it's, just, it's all in the same department though, because it, it's the same kind of thing. It operates almost like your strategy or your objective where you've got this thing in the middle that keeps the stuff around the edges from flying apart. And it, and what that'll allow you to do, let's say you're, you know, in the content creation example here, it allows you to create a body of work very quickly, like way faster than you yes. can believe because the stuff that you're creating, it doesn't disappear. It doesn't fly off into the distance and be like, well, that didn't, that didn't work. It, it hangs around the gravitational pull is there so it's kind of like um it's kind of like the the, the axle in the center of a flywheel like it needs to it needs to be there if that's not there the thing won't turn at all or if it's off center it's like wobbles and it doesn't work and so the force that you put into the flywheel just uh, dissipates but if you've got a really really central clear central theme or you could call it a focus then the, the energy that you put into spinning up the wheel, which takes a lot of energy at first, over time, it just like spins by itself and you barely have to touch it. So it's the same kind of, it, and so like this, this is just an example of like, okay, here's a really clear focus, your central theme, your axle in the flywheel or the sun in the solar system. And you can still be super creative around the edges, but you just, you know, like you said, stay in your lane, uh, but you have t enough latitude that you can really explore your creativity. You can go super deep, have really uh, deep insights. I don't know. It doesn't, I could imagine how from the outside it would seem like not not creative or not as much fun. And yeah, you, I don't know, you, you, you do probably lose that sugar high thing, but you know, sugar's for kids, right? Like let's, let's get, <laughs> let's get, let's have some Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh, we could do better than that. <laughs> oh, Brussels sprouts are the best. Oh, some I nice, lunch. like red peppers, maybe red sure. bell peppers. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that struck me about that is, you know, you probably met people who said, you know, we talked about blogging and they go, I, I just can't really think about what I would write. Like, what yeah. would I write about? Or they start and then they get like two or three things and they're like, I'm done. That's yeah. a person that doesn't have a strategy. Yeah. It's not working. Yeah. Blogging's not working. How many did you write? Three. Are they about the same thing? No, they're about all different things. It's like, yeah. okay, well. It's, well, it's having, having that theme. It's, I mean, it's freedom once you have that. I mean, because you, you, there's a lot of territory. Well, you made this point already. There's a lot of territory you can cover mm -hmm. when you have a theme. And you can look at all kinds of interaction um, to that theme. And mm -hmm. it's, it opens up your creativity. Yeah, I think, I think having boundary lines is, may, helps creativity thrive. Like with, um, I mean, I certainly saw this in me. I mean, I went to music school. Like there's tons of boundaries. 
if you want to sound like a particular style of music, there's certain things you have to do, or it's not going to sound like the blues or like a jazz solo, or, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, there aren't rules per se, but there are style practices. And if you want to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan, there's certain things you have to do, or you're not going to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan. So if the objective is to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan, then there's certain things that you want to do. And out, if you just completely take off the, um, any constraints, like if you take the frets off the guitar and you put the guitar in some kind of weird tuning, I just can't do anything. Like, I'm just like, well, I could do anything. Like I just, it just, if you take away all of the, if you, if everything becomes variable, it, I find it really hard to be creative because you're, you're, I don't know. There's something weird about it. I think, I think real, real, maybe it's just problem solving creativity. Maybe there's a particular kind of creativity that I'm usually focused on, but with the constraints are almost what brings out the creativity in me. Cause that's where the problem is. Like there's a problem because of the constraints and like, how are we going to solve the problem within these constraints that we have? If there are no constraints, then it's kind of, I feel like no constraints is art. Like you're in an art space there mm. and it's not as much of a, you're painting. Yeah, just like, like... Uh, well, abstract painting, because even painting has structure. Sure, sure, sure. I don't mean... Uh, well, I, you said the same thing with, like, style practices. If you want to look like Rembrandt, you got to do certain things. But Exactly. If you're, just exp- if you're just trying to express your creativity to the world, you might put some rules on yourself to, to trigger it, or you might not. You might just, like, throw paint on a canvas or whatever. But that's what we're talking... We're talking about businesses here, you know, and... If you want to do your art, great, do your art, and maybe your business feels like your art, but taking away, I uh, I wish I could articulate it better, but I just, in my gut, I'm like, if you don't have some guide rails, some some constraints, then it's paralyzing. I, th- I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it feels paralyzing to me to have no constraints. It feels freeing to have some. It's, I know that sounds backwards, but... Well, I think, yeah, I think that the challenge is the word constraints, because when you're creative, it, it feels, that feels like I, I can picture a straight jacket or somebody like binding my hands, mm. right? And I don't, know, I don't know if it's constraints so much as there's some structure to it, you know, because when you're, I mean, you made an excellent point about solving a problem, right? There are always reasons why you can't solve it the way you want to. Right. There's right. stuff that's happening that says, OK, I can't just throw money at this. That's not going to solve it. Um, I there's these people that don't agree. So I have to figure out how to get them to work together. So that's what makes it interesting. And whether you know, whether it's constraints or it's a little structure or um, I, I mean, I think what we've been talking about is is having a theme. Mm-hmm you know, when it comes to your ideas and content is, is having them revolve around a theme. And when something doesn't mesh with the theme and you can't find a way to make it mesh with the theme, then it's not your topic. Sure. Yep. It doesn't fit with your strategy. Exactly. <laughs> unfocused. So, I mean, I think maybe we could wrap up this extremely unfocused episode about focus by talking about <laughs> um, the, the pot the cons- kettle. Right. <laughs> There, there's, there is a connection here, though, between constraints or guardrails or guidelines or whatever you want to style practices, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and there's a, I think it was Steve Jobs that said, you know, strategy is saying no to a thousand things mm. or des- design is saying no to a thousand design. things. And, and like, if that guy, like Apple surely falls into the category of like a creative business, I would think. Like they mm-hmm. did, you know, at least for a long time, they were extremely innovative, beautiful stuff. Uh, you know, most profitable company in the world or something crazy. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe we're, maybe I'm imagining a fight on the other, you know, in the, in the ears of the speaker, but uh, in the ears of the listener, but th- without the strategy, there are no constraints. And then everything, it's the exact same problem. It's like without the strategy, the strategy is your guardrails. So you say, Oh, this is the way we're going to approach this objective. And then that's what allows you to pick tactics that are in alignment with each other or to, you know, d- differentiate between an opportunity and an distraction. When some invite lands in your inbox or lead lands in your inbox, if it doesn't align with the strategy, it's a distraction. So it's a, it's a self-imposed constraint. And I, I guess the, I guess it's, you know, how restrictive it is, is a personal choice. And knowing if it's restrictive enough or too restrictive, you'll be able to tell based on your 
uh, let's call it productivity or like bias toward action. Like if you're, if you, if, if it's, if it feels like a straight jacket, it's probably too tight, but it doesn't mean throw it away completely. I think there's probably like some level where it needs to be, uh, appropriate to stimulate your creativity. Actually. I mean, I could imagine sort of having a really strict strategy, a really specific one, or maybe a little bit looser one. And there's going to be one that just like, you know, a straight jacket that fits perfectly, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not a straight jacket. It's a blazer. Okay. Now I'm like, now I'm rocking and rolling, but you know, it's, but without, with no rules, it, that sort of sounds like, oh, yay, creativity. But to me, that's just paralysis. Well, I was thinking when you mentioned Apple, I, I read this piece and I'm not sure how long ago it was, but I'm guessing it was 15, maybe 20 years ago. They, they made this huge decision about when you have an Apple laptop, which way does the Apple face yeah. <laughs> on the outside, right? Does yes. it face like the, the person across from you or is it like it faces you when the top is down? Like, how is that going to work? <laughs> and But they debated that as great designers should based on how it was going to work. Mm-hmm. How did it implement the strategy? What message did that send, whether it was right side up or upside down depending on whose perspective like whose mm-hmm. perspective mattered and i mean you know if you read the story about that it took them forever to make that decision but you know thinking about that that's what we're talking about is that's where where to put that was a tactic mm-hmm. yeah but it, it doesn't mean it wasn't important they agonized about it for a long time right so i guess yeah i mean to wrap up i guess if you find yourself distracted a lot uh, switching from thing to thing a lot, uh, or feeling like you've wasted a lot of time and money on tactics that didn't work, then, you know, it's probably, this could be a solution for you. It's like, find a focus, set an objective, come up with a strategy to achieve it, and then do it, you know, use discipline and control to stick to the strategy when new things that could be opportunities land in your inbox, and you're like, ooh, shiny object. And like, well, you know, they have your little, Rochelle and Jonathan on your shoulder, like, but does it fit with the strategy? (laughs) (laughs) Wagging our finger at you. One on each shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, who's the devil? Can I be the devil? (laughs) You know you want to be, but I I have to be it sometimes. Yeah, you wear a lot of red too, so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Okay, so we've definitely beat this one into Mm, the ground. Yeah. Uh, So, well, hopefully it was helpful though. All right, folks. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.